Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. It's ideal for small business owners, including authors, artists and creatives on a budget who understand the value of getting yourself or your vegan brand featured regularly in the media, but can't afford to spend thousands of dollars or pounds a month to hire a publicist or PR firm. With Vegans in the Limelight, you get access to online video training that takes you through every step of how to get media coverage that can help you generate more leads and sales, as well as grow your email list and social media following. So we cover how PR and social media work in tandem, how to research and target the media without spending a cent, how to find the stories in your vegan brand on a regular basis, how to approach journalists the right way with ideas and stories. That's a really important one. How and when to write a media release. How to create an online media room for your website without spending heaps of time or money. How to respond to journalists' call-outs or queries, which is the easiest and quickest way to get media coverage and free publicity content marketing and PR, so how to create your own shareworthy stuff and leverage it to the max, writing and content creation tips for opinion pieces, listicles, features and columns, speaking gigs and PR, so how to leverage events to gain media coverage, and interview tips for print, online, radio and TV. Now, as well as the video training, which you go through at your own pace over 12 months, the program also includes a full 12 months of group coaching, including a monthly live Q&A call. You can also post your questions throughout the year on the learning platform, and you can post your pitches and media releases and get feedback from me before you send them to journalists. So you've basically got me holding your hand, helping you to do your own PR for a full year. It's a great value program. It's way more affordable than similar courses. And it's the only one that's specifically aimed at vegan and plant-based business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, and creators. Current students have already got media coverage in mainstream and specialist newspapers, magazines, radio and TV shows, as well as blogs and podcasts. So if you'd like to get your vegan brand or yourself featured in the media, but don't have the budget to hire a publicist or PR agency, then I highly recommend you check out this program. You get full and immediate access to the materials as soon as you enroll. You can find out all the details by going to veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the link for the program Vegans in the Limelight. And there's also a link on the show notes page. And if you have any questions about the program, including whether it's right for you, feel free to email me at katrina at veganbusinessmedia.com. Now for the main part of the show. In this episode, I interview Sarah Kidd, vegan baking ambassador in Sydney, Australia and Auckland, New Zealand. Sarah started out studying as a chef but ended up at film school in Sydney. She worked in film for 15 years as head of acquisitions and marketing at Indie Village with a remit to take on animal rights and environmental films. Her last project, Kangaroo, A Love-Hate Story, which was released in early 2018, was quoted by Australia's breakfast TV show Sunrise as being the most controversial Australian documentary ever released in the US. Now, Sarah, who has a background in branding and marketing, has made the decision to leave the world of show business behind to pursue a career as a vegan cake designer and baker. Her newly launched retro-inspired website, sarahkid.com, shares a wealth of free vegan baking resources and video recipes, 
and her Facebook group, Vegan Cake Decorating, All Types of Baking and Resources, is a fast-growing online community that's supporting fellow vegan baking businesses and home bakers from across the globe in a fun, non-judgmental space. In early 2019, Sarah will be launching a series of vegan baking books. In this interview, Sarah talks about why she left a successful career in film distribution to become a vegan baking ambassador, how she built a strong personal brand and the three key steps entrepreneurs need to take to create a brand that resonates with your market as well as being authentic to you, what to do before you launch your brand, how she created a popular Facebook group and what's required to maintain a successful and highly engaged online community, how she plans to monetize her brand and turn it into a business, the importance of creating good quality free content, and much more. Here's the interview with Sarah Kidd, Vegan Baking Ambassador. Hello, Sarah. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's very exciting to be here. Oh, it's very exciting for me too. And just for our listeners, I should just say Sarah and I are good friends and we've known each other a while and she's absolutely fabulous. And so it's going to be a lot of fun for me to have her on the show. And I know she's going to share some uh, some brilliant insights for you as well, which is great. So so Sarah, so you have, you're, you've got a background in, in branding and marketing. We'll talk a little bit about that um, during the interview. But you've also just recently, you've left a very successful career in film distribution and acquisition that included bringing animal rights and environmental documentaries to the mainstream, including Kangaroo, which uh, some of our listeners will, will no doubt have heard of. Um, so and you've decided to do this, to sort of walk away from that, to pursue a career as a, a vegan baking ambassador. So I always ask people this very first question is why? Why do they do what they do? So why have you made this decision? I'm just going to pause you there for a second, Katrina. I just got to give my dog Rocky a treat because he's growling at me because he wants me to paying him attention oh bless him hello rocky i often have um we often have dogs and cats on uh, make a guest appearance on the show so that's all right hello rocky um okay sorry to answer your question uh why have i left my career in film distribution and branding and marketing yeah uh well i mean i've always had a really a huge passion for vegan baking uh i started out as a chef many years ago before I went into the film industry. Uh, and I was starting to get really hungry for a career, a career that was more creative. Uh, so I, um, so while I was film uh, working in film, I also had a business, a cake business on the side because I wanted to start testing that space to see if it was something that I could do full time. And that seemed to work out really well. Uh, And I just decided to move into that because um, it was a great way for me to be more creative and expressive with my personality and my beliefs. Uh, And I just found it was a great way to talk about veganism in a really humble manner. No one has ever said no to cake. So it was just a place that we wanted to be in. (laughs) <laughs> that's great I really love that there's a couple of things there because one I actually only found out recently that you actually used to be a chef even though we'd known each other a little while I've always thought of you as yeah being involved in film which I know you've been doing for a long time so it's almost like you've come full circle which is really interesting and what I like as well is you said that while you were still doing your full-time job you tested out the market by creating this cake business on the side which is obviously a very smart move rather than just kind of jumping in without knowing can you make a business out of it so I think that's that's um, yeah, that's really helpful to hear. But one of the things I wanted to mention, because I know you've, you've mentioned about you started a cake business and I can vouch for Sarah's cakes. They're absolutely delicious. I've tried lots of them and they're amazing. But what, so what you did in Sydney was you actually had a business and you were delivering cakes. You were creating and delivering cakes. Whereas what you're doing right now is slightly different, isn't it? You're, you're kind of not so much making and delivering cakes. You're more um, creative, being more of a vegan baking ambassador. So tell us a little bit more about exactly what you're doing and why you decided to do this rather than do something what you were doing previously with the cake business yeah okay just to let you know as well I didn't actually finish my my chef 
qualifications. I got about halfway through before I decided to become a filmmaker. Um, so I'm revisiting becoming a fully qualified vegan chef now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, so from my own personal experience, and this may not be everyone's experience, um, I found catering really stressful um, because I'm quite a perfectionist. And for me, it just, I just, I felt that if I was going to do this full time, I had to do it in a space where I wasn't mentally stressed so that I could do the best job possible. So I really examined the market in the vegan baking space to see what options I had as an entrepreneur. And how I did this was I talked to lots of different people, even outside of vegan baking, just normal bakers um, and baking businesses and chefs and cake decorators um, and just entrepreneurs in general to find out how they were making money. And what I learned was you can absolutely make money from catering if you have the right setup, the demand, um, and you're really great with business, but it is a really hard business to crack into. I learned that there were other people in the same space doing other things like recipe books, online courses, in-person courses, acting as a baking ambassador or personality, um, doing branded content. Uh, one person that I, I really looked at was, although she's not vegan, uh, was Catherine Sabbath because she, what she has done in the cake arena is she created a, a very unique brand uh, and a refreshing way to look at cake decorating. And she doesn't cater at all. She's only released one recipe book and does um, in-person courses and is also, like, she's a personality, like she was just on MasterChef. So okay. I really looked at what she did and dissected it and just went, oh, okay, I really like what she does. Um, she's got an amazing brand. She's got a huge following. She has lots of branded content for brands that she believes in. Um, and she's really supporting the cake decorating community uh, by reviving it and, and bringing a fresh concept to it and therefore growing that community. Uh, and she's a really nice person. Like I did one of her courses just to see um, how she reacted to the community. I wanted to see if her brand was authentic. And when I met her, she was just so lovely and um, graceful and honest. She was very authentic. And I just thought, oh, that's, that's the brand that I want to create, but I want to do it in the vegan space because I can see that although we have so many caterers, we don't have someone... Well, I couldn't see anyone that was doing what she was doing in the vegan space. Uh, and my, I really looked at what my strengths were and I'm a great facilitator and I love help helping people. I mean, I've spent the last 15 years helping filmmakers create brands and marketing strategies to talk to audiences to get them to see their film. And I wanted to transfer some of those skills over into this world. So I decided that... It was a really great opportunity for me to bring all the people in the vegan baking space together and create a community that supports each other um, to help us grow because it's still relatively new and there's so many new vegans coming on board that have no idea how to bake vegan, <laughs> like how to use what to replace for eggs and milk and pastries. I mean, it's not, it can be quite overwhelming. So I just wanted to create a space that was um, non-judgmental uh, and fun and friendly and easy for um, uh, chefs, home bakers, new vegans, uh, anyone that wanted to be a part of that community. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm thriving at the moment. 
You definitely are, for sure. There's lots of really good nuggets in there. And the, the first one I wanted to draw is one of what you said right, right at the beginning when you answered the question <clears throat> is that you you did your market research. So you went out there, you talked to all these people. I think that's really important for people to hear that because that's such a smart thing to do. Again, it's that it's not just kind of jumping in feet first and kind of hoping for the best. You, you've really kind of, uh, you know, done that research to find out, you know, what options are there. And you found that there are more options than just creating a, a catering business and nothing wrong with that of course I mean as someone who hates being in the kitchen I love catering businesses um, as you know but I think it's it's great that you you explored that you talked to people and you found out what what was out there so I think that's really brilliant and um, you've so you've built a, a, a basically essentially a new personal brand in a pretty short space of time so can you talk to us a little bit about how you've done that so what have you done how did you make it happen and some of the results you've seen so far Okay, yes. So I created this brand in the space of one month. I left my job about six weeks ago and the day after I left, I started working on this full time so that I could launch um, August 10th. Um, But I had a really strong understanding of what the brand was going to be before I started because I'd had my own catering business Um, I I have a lot of understanding of how the vegan community and audience work simply because I've been distributing animal rights documentaries for such a long time. So I've been talking to vegans around the world forever. (laughs) (laughs) I really know how to talk to them and I understand their language and I understand their problems and I I know what they like. Um, So I knew what the brand had to be. Um, to communicate to them. That was the first thing. The second thing is because this is something that I'm going to be attached to for a very long time, I had to make sure it was a brand that was authentic to my personality. So what I did is I took all the research information that I knew about the audience, what they like, the language they use, where they are, what platforms they're on, and then I looked at, okay, who am I? Uh, What do I like? What um, personality strengths do I have that I want to share with this community um, and how can I create that into a brand? Now, the third thing I looked at was obviously the vegan baking space. So what is everyone doing in this space at the moment? What are the gaps? Um, What can I create that will stand out from the crowd so people will see my content and it will be iconically Sarah Kid. Oh, that's Sarah Kid's cake, brand, T-shirt, whatever. Um, Those were the the steps that I took. So the the number one thing is always understand who your audience is to make sure that your brand that you create is authentic to yourself and your audience. Um, and then look at where your brand will fit in the market and how you can make it original. I so, love that. That's such helpful advice. I love the way you've distilled that down. I, I really hope people hear that. That's a simple one, two, three. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I'm trying not to ramble because there's so much information. <laughs> no, it's great. That That is really, really helpful information. Um, and I know that you, you talked about community. We touched on community. And one of the things, the strategies that you've done is creating a Facebook group. Uh, which is called Vegan Cake Decorating, comma, all types of baking and resources. So I'd love to know a little bit about this because I know there's a bit of a buzz around uh, Facebook groups at the moment. And so how mm. did you come up with the name um, and what does it entail? So what, what advice can you offer others who are thinking of starting a Facebook group um, in regards to, well, first of all, to naming it and then actually yeah. running it and maintaining it? Okay, so if it's one thing that I've learned about um, getting vegans to find you and connect with you on social media and online is to make sure whatever you're selling or promoting is obviously vegan. Um, And that's why I've named the group Vegan Cake Decorating and all types of baking and resources because I wanted it to be so clear of exactly what it was. And I also, I saw in the other groups that no one was saying they offered resources and this is a big calling card for me because I really want to make sure that 
everyone has all the resources in one place possible. Um, so that's why the Facebook group is named that. I know it's a little bit long, um, but you understand instantly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Because it's a bit like headlines as well online. Like when in the days of print, uh, you know, the sub editors will come up with these really clever plays on words and stuff, which is fine for print, but for online, it doesn't work. And I think that's the same with, like you say, with names of groups, people don't want to see the group and think, oh, I wonder what that is. They want to know instantly, is this a group that is relevant to me and I want to join? So um, I, I love yeah. that you've you've explained that. That makes a lot of sense. And like you said, the, it's another uh, thing of you finding out where the gaps were and the resources and I love that on your website you're creating you've created these resources you know you've got lists of uh, ingredients and um, cake magazines and all kinds and you're you're basically building yourself as the go-to person when people need to know anything about vegan um, cake decorating and baking so I, I and obviously you're doing that in your group as well so so what about running it because I know that once upon a time I actually started a Facebook group and then I kind of not long after I started it, I thought oh I kind of don't want to do it anymore sort of thing and I, I left it and I I've seen that you know obviously with a Facebook group I do co-admin a group but I didn't start it it was already there and it had several thousand members vegan professional network so you know I helped to to co-admin it and obviously a lot of part of that is engaging regularly um with your community so can you talk to us a little bit about what do you do each day to because the group the group has grown pretty quickly um what do you do each day to to kind of maintain a successful and engaged facebook group yeah that's such a great question and it's a really important one um just to start that the answer for this like it's really great to have a Facebook group if you want to create a community, a hub or a movement, because it allows you um, to talk directly to your audience all the time. So with my website, while I was building it for that month, I'd already set up the group and I had oh, a thousand people in it already. And I was constantly asking them and another five other vegan baking groups what they wanted, what they were looking for all the time. So that's how I started engaging them. I just started talking to them about what they wanted and I was really quick with responding. I said, okay, awesome. I will find that brand. I will contact that brand. Like I've contacted so many brands for lists of what's vegan and what's not and where they are and if they do international shipping and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I got, and I was constantly engaging group members every day while I was building my website to make sure whatever I was creating was exactly what they, need, they needed. So that's one thing how I started to grow the group. And because I was talking in other groups, they started to see what I was doing and they were coming over to my group to also continue the conversation there. Ah, nice. The, the other thing I did, which comes from um, guerrilla filmmaking and working with documentary filmmakers who never have any money, um, is grassroots outreach. I became the queen of how to market your product, film, business, whatever, on the smallest budget possible. I really understood where you could put your money for the greatest outcome. Um, and the one thing that I always found the biggest payoff was grassroots outreach. So when I started the group, I needed to go and tell other people that, hey, I exist and this group exists as well. So I just started going into all the vegan groups on Facebook in the world because I've been interacting with global vegan communities for such a long time, talking to them about films that are coming out and if they want to be involved and all that sort of jazz. They kind of already know who I am. And then I started telling them I'm creating this baking group. I'd love you to come and join. So I just started talking to these groups all the time about this group that I was creating, sharing content that I'd, that I'd created that wasn't released yet so they could see what I was up to. Um, and anytime anyone was ever talking about baking or how to do something or what to replace for eggs, I'm like, hey, come join our amazing vegan baking group. So I was just, I'm just online all the time talking to people about the group so they know that it exists. So that doesn't cost me anything because I'm doing it myself. So that's, except for time. <laughs> except for time. Like, yeah. of course there's um, the other thing I did, I do constantly is I run ads. Um, you always have to have money when you're 
starting a business and you always have to invest money in PR, marketing and branding above all because if those things don't exist or you don't have a strong strategy in place, no one is going to know you exist um, or so engage true. with what you're creating. Yeah. So you, yeah. it's like it's, you have to invest money in it. You can't leave it as an afterthought. It's, it's almost more important than your product. Got it. Got it. Now that's such good advice. And I love what you said about the engagement in the groups because it is so important when, and particularly as well, you're not just jumping in there and going, hey, buy my stuff, you know, and then and then jumping out and not engaging. I love what you said about going into those other groups regularly, sharing good value, helping people, being a resource. And then of course they, they kind of, of course they then want to come to you and follow you, which I think is, so it's a really kind of nice sharing and collaborative way of, of doing things. So I think there's some really, really good advice there so I want to talk to you a little bit about your look because the the site the theme is very much retro uh, you've got an amazing look and style you've got some stunning photos by um, Melissa Catherine vegan photographer um, I, I absolutely love them um, tell us why did you choose that particular style what attracts you to this and, and how does it help your brand Oh, such a great question uh, it comes back to when I was thinking about how I can be authentic because it's all well and good creating a brand that resonates with your audience but if you are I am I am the brand essentially like you are buying me following me doing my recipes so I really had to make sure the brand was also authentic to who I am as a person um, and I'm really into retro vintage rockabilly even steam, a little bit of steampunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to bring that personality through. Um, oh, is that Rocky again? He's, yeah, he's hungry for Rocky. <laughs> Hello, Rocky. Hungry. It's Auntie Katrina. So the retro look was uh, a great way that my brand could become authentic and also no one in this space is doing that style. So I was like, okay, this is a great way I can um, create an authentic look that people will associate with my personality and my brand, which brings back to whenever they see an image of me or my cakes or anything, they go, oh, that's Sarah Kidd yeah. because the association with the brand is so um, different than anything else that's happening in the space, they automatically think of me. And this is something that Catherine Sabbath also did really well. She has her own fashion style. She's very quirky, bright. And anytime anyone sees any of her, because she created original cake designs, they instantly think of her without her even branding the content. Mm. And I wanted to create that association with my community. And I also wanted to create something that is original in the, in the mainstream cake space as well because in that space this doesn't exist either because I want to inspire non-vegan bakers, chefs, businesses to start baking it vegan and I want them to look at my style and go, oh, my God, that's amazing. I really love that. I want to do that. She makes it look possible. How fun and quirky is this? I want to be a part of that world. Lovely. No, I love that. Now, you talked a little bit because we know you've got a, a – a- uh, background in branding and marketing and I know you've given some great tips about the importance of market research and finding out what the gaps are and and you being authentic as a brand what about then because uh, you've described how you kind of came up with your your look as a brand so what tips can you offer to other vegan business owners on how to create a brand so how do they decide on their look or their message or what they're standing for as a brand yeah okay so there's one research really understand who your audience is that is above all the main thing because if you don't understand who they are and what they want and how they communicate and what they buy and where they are and how they interact online you have no way of creating a brand that's going to engage with them so understanding who they are is huge um, and then obviously looking at what your product is and making sure that your brand really represents that product well. So if you're a bread company, you're not gonna have um, you're not gonna have a lawnmower on your logo, so to speak, because that's really confusing for your audience as a mm. you know obvious statement. Yeah. Um, creating a brand uh, a branding document is really key. So some some things you can do is you can say, okay, so what colors represent my brand? 
and what colors do my audience resonate with so a really simple thing to do is look up the psychology of color like it is usually gray so look at what um, colors already represent the things that your business brand or personality already represent and put them together on this document and then you want to look at font and style as well like you you want to create a really consistent branding um, a really consistent brand so you know you're always using the same font you're using the same colors you're using the same languaging and it, it speaks to the audience that you're trying to attract so I know this this may sound confusing or difficult so that's why the third thing I'm going to say is really important hire somebody that really understands how to help you create a brand that's going to reach your audience. Mm-hmm. And obviously I, I do this as a side business. I work with lots of vegan businesses um, to help them really flesh out what brand's going to help their business thrive um, and also work with other professionals. Like I didn't do everything myself. I hired Melissa Catherine because she's an amazing vegan photographer that works in the rockabilly photography space. Yeah. So I knew she could create the style I wanted. Um, my, my beautiful husband, Peter, is a graphic designer. So I knew he could design, um, create the fonts that were going to speak to the audience that I wanted and, and help me design the website. So yeah. it was interactive and looked awesome. Yeah. I hired you as my PR agent. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing PR opportunities to help reach an audience that you had access to. Um, I'm about to start working with a social media expert because I'm not an expert on social media although I have a great grounding in marketing um, social media is a beast that is constantly changing yeah and you really need somebody that is on top of how the platforms are evolving all the time got it because the algorithms are changing the way they market the amount of audience engagement you're getting, the types of ads they let you create are constantly evolving. So I want to work with someone that's in that space 24-7. Yeah. So whatever you're doing online is uh, reaching the audience. That makes so much sense, absolutely. I just wanted to touch on something you said about the brand. So you said look at what your, what colours represent your brand and you also said well, what colours are typically used with, say, IT, I think you used as an example. But isn't yeah. there an argument that, wouldn't that maybe there's the risk of creating another me too brand and is there scope to kind of you know how some brands just kind of go against that what what are your thoughts on that test your product right so create a brand and start talking to your audience about the brand that you've created and make sure you're talking to the right audience and don't ask your friends because your Mm -hmm. friends love you (laughs) they will always drive you to the airport and they're always going to say everything you, you do is brilliant So find a group on Facebook that's into whatever you're into or whatever you're selling and say, hey, how does this resonate with you? What do you think of about this logo or this blah, 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 blah? Um, And just start seeing what type of feedback you get. So at the moment I've been live, I think, for about two weeks and I'm getting a lot of feedback about how people are engaging with the content I'm creating. And this is the time whether I know that what I've created works or whether I need to tweak it. So never be afraid to continue to change and develop your brand because the people that are with you at the beginning love watching watching you grow and develop and blossom. Yeah, and they're they like going on a journey with you, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you've engaged them from the start and saying, hey, I exist. Hey, what do you think about this? Is this something you would buy? What's your price point? Like, you know, what do you need? What are your problems? How can I help you? And if you are loyal to them and you're engaging with them and you're helping them, they'll be there with you forever. And those yeah. those people are really important for your business. Absolutely. And that's a nice lead into my next question is that in that you've created this amazing brand, you're creating a brilliant community. How are you going to then turn this into a business and monetize it? That's such a great question because I have um, been thinking about that for such a long time. 
Um, it's almost like that's the fun, the, like the, I find has like the building of the, the thing, like the creative side of it. I love that. It's exciting and it's new and you're kind of birthing something. And then it's almost like, all right, well, you've got to think of the serious side of it of how am I then going to, you know, because you're outlaying expenses, how are you then going to monetize it? So, yeah, interesting to yeah. hear what you've got to say on that. So this is this has always been such a big thing in film distribution and audience building. They go hand in hand. And I'll use film as an example. Um, and a film line, um, build it and they will come. And it, <laughs> I hope everyone's seen that movie. I know it's so old but it's so brilliant and it's so true. So if you've got a product, um, the only way you're going to monetize it is if you build an audience for it first and they're aware that it exists. So, num- so that's why I've spent so much time making sure that I have a very engaged audience that likes what I'm doing, that's, um, you know, on the Facebook group every day talking, sharing, and I can talk to them personally and, making sh- and finding out what their problems are and just building this awareness that I exist. Because everyone knows that, you know, I am setting up a business and that I am going to be selling something. The second part of it is obviously having, once you've built the audience, having the product that the audience wants. So the way I am planning on monetizing the business, I'm looking at ways that I can create multiple streams of revenue, not just one, because I, I'm, I'm building an empire. <laughs> I have really big... She's building an um, empire. I love <laughs> it. I love it. It's good. It's good to hear a woman say that. You know, sometimes women are a bit afraid to say that kind of thing. So I think that's really good. There we go. Let's say it again. Sarah Kidd is building an empire. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to help other people in this space build empires as well because that's my key strength. I am a facilitator and I love helping vegan businesses grow and I love being a part of that and I want to help them too. So the ways that I'm creating multiple streams of revenue is I'm going to release a series of um, cookbooks uh, and the cookbooks will, um, they're going to be differently themed depending on what type of baker you are and where you're at. Um, And these will be all around what my community has been telling me they want. So that's the first source of revenue. The second source of revenue is um, tote bags, aprons, and I'm also going to be start start selling um, vegan baking cake decorating um, packages. So you can um, buy a package that has vegan sprinkles, vegan flour, vegan food coloring, vegan you know just a, a small package that can help you start on your journey as a vegan baker. And I also want to offer this to kids because I love baking with kids, um, and they love this sort of stuff. They love sprinkles and um, you know cookie cutters and stuff like that so that's i have a, um products that i'll be selling um and i'm looking at how i can do it to a global capacity i'm always thinking about the entire world not just my space which is why i'm building an online movement not just thinking about what i can do in my kitchen to yeah. where i live currently yeah. because that's how i can think bigger and create change on a larger basis and, and create a movement and help more people as well. Cause if I can help someone in America or the UK or um, Uganda or wherever, that's amazing. That's exactly what I want to do. I, um, I want to do, I also want to offer online courses in um, vegan cake decorating. Cause a lot of people really love how I decorate my cakes and, I, and are asking me how I do it. So I know that that's a space I can occupy Um, I want to tour and do um, face-to-face courses as well for vegan baking. I want to work with other vegan chefs, which is what I'm already doing now because there are so many more people, there are people more qualified than me and I want to help them get a bigger audience and get their recipe books out there and get exposure and help them promote their courses. So I'm looking at doing collaborations with um, um, vegan chefs and bakers around the world now so that's another way that I can create a stream of revenue and my biggest thing that I'm working towards which I haven't really told anyone about oh I'll be getting the exclusive (laughs) (laughs) I am um, going to set up an international vegan baking association 
Oh, amazing. It doesn't exist. I'm a part of a cake association now, Cake Decorating Association Australia and New Zealand. And they're amazing. They know I'm vegan and they've been so helpful to me and um, some courses I've done through them, they've veganised and they're just, they're so lovely. The cake community is just such a great community to be a part of. Um, But there is this space that no one's doing anything in. And I want to bring everyone together so that we can nourish and support and help each other grow and make this something huge because we're on the cusp of veganism being something that no one can ignore anymore. And it's so easy to be vegan now and I just want to help that movement grow and I want to help other other people do that as well. So that's Mm. how I'm currently working towards monetizing my business because obviously I need to be able to monetize it to continue to help this movement grow. Otherwise I will have to go back to my other job. Yeah. Got it. I just want to touch. That's brilliant. That's really, really uh, helpful. And I love your, I love the fact that you've thought through this and you've, you've come up, like you say, with different streams of income. So if maybe one thing slows down, it, you know, you've got income coming in from elsewhere. One thing that I was curious about, because like, say for example, with what you're doing, you're putting a lot of recipes up, you know, you're creating videos, um, you're creating, you know, written recipes, amazing photography, and you're basically giving all that away for free. So I'm always curious with this, with, with when people are looking to monetize, is how much of like what do you how do you decide right what do I give away for free and then what do I you know say put into a product whether it's a book or a course or something Mm. yeah that's I mean that is that's such a great question and it's really interesting when you enter the market space and you're like how much of this do I do for free and when do I start (laughs) charging people for it and what I've learned my experience with building audiences and engaging with them um, and then selling them things Uh, is that you've really got to establish a trust with that audience. And a great way to develop trust with your audience is to create content that they can already access for free Um, and it's something that they love. And if people love what you're doing, they will want to consume whatever you have to offer. So I will always have a hub of free vegan resources for everybody. Um, Not only does it align with my values, like I want to make it easy, um, but I also want people to know that they can trust whatever I'm creating for them. I'm not just in it for the money. I'm in it because I believe in the movement. Um, But I also have to create a sustainable income so I can continue. So with the content, I'm establishing that I'm trustworthy that um, I want to help you thrive, that this is about veganism and the animals, um, and uh, and here is my recipe book as well. Like if you like all my free stuff, of like I love so many, um, there's so many people that create free stuff online and then they have stuff for sale or online courses and I immediately buy them because I love them and I, whatever they're offering in their courses or the cookbook is going to be something extra special as well. Um, and it's a way I can keep support them and keep their brand alive um, and show that I really value what they're doing in, in, in that space. Yeah. So I think it's always great to create free content because then people know who you are, they understand what you're all about, and when you're selling something, they're going to want that too. Absolutely. No, it's really, really good advice. I think I've even heard it said in marketing circles, you should actually give away your best stuff for free. I know that's a little bit controversial and probably some people might agree or disagree, but uh, it's an interesting one. But you're right, you've got to build that trust people, you know, especially nowadays, you know, there's so much um, stuff out there that's competing for our attention that it's, it's going to be very rare that someone buys from you, you know, straight away. Um, I mean, okay, I'm a bit of a sucker for glitter, so maybe, you know, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, particularly in services and stuff like that, you know, people they have, they're buying you, they're buying you as a brand and they they need to know that they can, yeah, they know, like, and trust you. So that's Exactly. And I, I work as a branding consultant on the side. So anyone who's listening that needs help with branding, you can definitely book a consultation with me and I will work with you one-on-one because the one-on-one service is always different because it's very specific to your needs but I'm constantly giving out free advice on how to grow your business how to brand it correctly I mean I've written multiple articles about it and people still 
hire me to help them because they want that personal one-on-one interaction that's specific to their needs. Exactly. And I found the same thing. You know, I publish blog posts and put stuff out there. This is how you do PR. I've got like a 90 minute free PR, how to do your own PR training, but then people will still sign up for the 12 month program or book a one-on-one because like you say, they, they want something very specific to them, which is quite different. So I love that you've said that. So I know we're kind of getting on for time. So I'd just like to, I know you've already shared some of your epicness and the fact that you're going to build an empire. So is there anything you want to share just in terms of what your long-term vision is for yourself and your brand just to wrap up uh i mean i pretty much said everything right (laughs) just to just to circle back i want to create a movement to inspire home bakers businesses and chefs to bake it vegan i want to offer them support i and i want to offer um our current community support um, and i want to grow it to a global network uh, is is pretty much the overall picture, and I I personally want to be a vegan baking ambassador. So when mainstream people like MasterChef are looking for someone to come on the show and represent vegan baking, I want to be that person, and I want to do it really well because this is such an important movement. This is the movement that will save our planet, and we have to work together. We can't fight we need to support each other as much as we can and i want to offer that space so that's why i created this hub and the group and the group is amazing they so helpful and i've got some amazing professional pastry vegan pastry chefs in there at the moment that are always helping and offering free recipes and stuff like that so please come and join the group um, absolutely we'll put we'll put a link to that on the show notes page as well as your website I just thought as we were talking there I just thought of a little tagline for you saving the planet one vegan cake at a time <laughs> well, several, several cakes at a time yeah. and- Sarah it's been lovely chatting with you you've shared such a wealth of information I think a lot of people whether they're going into vegan baking or they're starting a, a business of any kind uh, are going to find this episode really really helpful so as always always a pleasure pleasure to chat with you but it's been an extra special pleasure having you on the show today thanks again for joining me so that was sarah kidd vegan baking ambassador you can find out more at sarahkidd.com and that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 108 now for our vegan business news roundup Plant-based fish alternative company Good Catch recently closed an $8.7 million Series A funding round. The round was led by Newcrop Capital and a syndicate of investors, leading European food manufacturer PHW Group, retailers Thrive Market and Fresh Direct, strategic private investors and entrepreneurs with global reach, and mission-aligned impact partners including Stray Dog Capital, Clear Current Capital, Veg Invest, Rakana Capital, Blue Horizon, Everhope Capital, Belain and Bjorn Capital, M13 and Starlight Ventures. The investment will help to bring the company's products to market in 2018. Created by chefs Derek and Chad Sarno, who are co-founders, the range will include crab cakes, fish sliders and fish burgers. So this is pretty exciting. We've seen the growth of plant-based meat alternatives really take off, but not so many developments with fish and seafood. Fortunately, that's changing and Good Catch, along with other players, is part of a booming vegan seafood category, which I wrote about in depth recently in my Forbes column, which I'll include a link to on the show notes page. The Great British Bake Off, a popular TV baking competition in the UK, has added a vegan week to this year's event, reports Metro. Celebrity chef and judge Paul Hollywood called the move fascinating and representative of the current UK. He said at the launch of the latest series, we wanted something different and something that was happening in this country and veganism seems to be growing and we wanted to represent it on the Bake Off this year and that's why it's in. 
Hollywood stressed that the vegan round would be judged the same way as any other round. He said, you can't judge it and say, it's okay for vegan, it's got to taste good, period. So we judged it and we were surprised. So this is great news. Now, of course, we want the whole competition eventually to transition to all vegan, but this is certainly a good start. Finally, a restaurant in Hong Kong secretly went vegan without telling customers, reports the South China Morning Post. Gary Stokes, owner of Hemingway's Restaurant in Hong Kong's Lantau Island, is also a conservation activist with Sea Shepherd, and he realised he had a conflict of interest by selling fish and meat while campaigning to save the oceans. His answer was to remove animal products from the restaurant's menu. Now, instead of making a big announcement, he quietly switched the chilli to a vegan recipe without telling anyone. He said, because all it said on the menu was our infamous rude boy chilli served with tortilla or rice. It never said it was vegan, but never said that it wasn't. So people had actually been eating it for about six months without meat and nobody noticed. Last August, Stokes removed all the fish and seafood from the menu, and by January this year, that's 2018 if you're listening in the future, there were just six items that contained dairy products. By June, the restaurant was fully vegan. While some regular customers were originally resistant, most embraced the new menu after tasting the dishes. Stokes says sales have remained more or less the same, with any lost customers being replaced by vegans looking for new eateries. So this is an interesting strategy that Stokes used, transitioning a restaurant slowly over time and doing it quietly. Different tactics work for different eateries and businesses, so if you're in this position, make sure that you consider the best option for you. There's no right or wrong. And you can find out more about this in my Forbes article about other restaurants that successfully turned vegan, which I'll put a link to on the show notes page. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now. 